this is what happens when it's live. I'm getting a message in from work. <laughs> Welcome to The Other 51. I'm Brian, and this week we're talking to Nicole Schumann from PR News. Welcome to the program. Thanks for joining me this week. Thank you. I've actually never been on a podcast before, so this is very exciting. You're, you've been working in, in digital media since like 2003, and you've never, I, I can't believe you've never been on a podcast before. That's, that's never. shocking. I so. know. I know. One of my first jobs, I, I did um, I did work in radio. I used to work for WGR 550 for a very brief time in Buffalo doing uh uh, I think it was 2020 sports back then. Can't remember, but sports updates. So, uh, so I did work in the radio, but this is a bit different. This is a, this so. is yeah. So welcome. I'm glad. I'm glad we could be your first uh, your first foray into into this new world of podcasting. Um, <laughs> so, um, so first of all, I mean, we we, we kind of got to talk about it because we're recording this on March 12th, and uh, it's like the I don't know if it's the middle yet because it's still happening, but it's the week where everything with uh, COVID 19 and coronavirus is just kind of hitting hitting the fan here. Um, and you're down in New York City, and and I'm just curious, what's it like living down there right now? Um, it's <laughs> it's bizarre. Uh. My parents are very concerned. They still live up in Buffalo, so I think things are a little bit different up there. Um, also, I work for, um, uh, I'm a reporter for a, a, a trade company, PR News, which deals with all uh, sorts of information and news regarding the public relations industry. So this has really been something that I've been paying attention to every day, pretty much for like the past week or so, past two weeks even. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, we're actually, I'm working from home today. Um, my fiance is here. We're all working from home today. The cat's very excited about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's different. You know, we just have to be, you know, more, we have to be smarter about things. Um, but it definitely is a little anxiety inducing because, you know, I take the train to work every day for, you know, an hour each way. And, um, you know, just being squished in there like sardines. And, you know, so you think about, just like, you know, the situations you should be in, the situations you shouldn't be in. And, you know, we're just trying to be smart about stuff. So we're, uh, we're, we're working from home now and um, avoiding public transportation. Um, you know, it's kind of a bummer. A lot of uh, big uh, events have been canceled. Um, you know, I was going to go see, a, you know, St. Bonaventure Bonnie's go play at the uh, uh, Barclays Center in Brooklyn, hopefully this weekend. But now that's been... Uh, you know, no fans are allowed there. So, so it's kind of a bummer. So we're just kind of, you know, it's, it's unprecedented really. So we're all just trying to figure out like what's okay to do, what's not okay to do. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's kind of rough, but I feel like, uh, we're kind of, you know, I was thinking about like, okay, well, what can we do this weekend? Like make sure we don't cabin fever, like go out and do something. And, you know, we're we're just trying to come up with different ideas for that besides going to the grocery store. So, um, you know, uh, and and a lot of people are are feeling the same way. I did take the train to work yesterday, and it was a little bit more sparsely populated than usual. So, I think a lot of people are just trying to be proactive and, you know, help out in that way. Yeah, it's really, it's especially weird. Like I'm up in Western Central New York, teach at Oswego, live in Rochester, outside of Rochester, and we just had our first case uh, late last night. We had our first case here in Monroe County where they announced somebody 
who tested positive for coronavirus. Um, and it's and it's yeah. so, and it's yeah, I know, right? Um, it's so weird because it's like yeah, we're doing all the proactive things like SUNY is closed and we're going online. It's not closed. We're going online for several weeks or the rest of the semester, and you know, it's about that containment idea, right? But it's just it's very weird to be in a place where like the people aren't sick they're gonna get sick because it's probably gonna it's gonna spread everywhere but they're not sick yet and yet there's this weird kind of feeling of like impending doom i don't know it's just it's a very it is this very weird like i was using this the word unprecedented in class yesterday and i'm like i know it sounds like hyperbole but it is we have no plan in place for a for an actual global pandemic so it is just such a weird time to try to figure out like regular logistics going to the grocery store you know I don't, and I don't know. You work. You, you you've been writing about this. You've been thinking about this. Maybe you can explain this to me. Why the run on toilet paper? Oh, geez. Well, that I haven't been touching. <laughs> I don't even know about Literally. that. Um, um, I mean, I guess if people think they can't leave their house for a while, they want to make sure like they have toilet paper. I don't know. Um, I mean, you can leave your house. Like, there's not a ban on leaving your house here. I mean, that's totally fine. But yeah, I don't understand. One of the articles I read said that things you really should be stocking up on or, you know, making sure you have like cold medicine or, you know, Advil, things that you'll probably need if you, if you do end up getting, you know, this virus, um, you know, and just trying to manage your symptoms and and different things like that. But yeah, man, I don't know. People are buying water, like all this stuff. I mean, it's, it's, I just, it's like blizzard preparation, right. but there's no blizzard. So it's very and, strange. And you're, and you're a Buffalo, Buffalo gal, like, like I'm a Buffalo guy. And so, you know, you get a, get a six pack. I mean, that's blizzard prep. So that we'll have to stock up on the good beer too. Yes. I was concerned yesterday when I heard uh, that trade may be suspended from Italy. And I was just like, should we go out and buy wine? Yes. Because I don't want there to be a shortage. Well, the, well, the answer to that is always yes. Um, <laughs> so um, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned you've been writing about it from a PR perspective and you've been writing about the story for about a week now. And I'm, and, and I'm wondering what that's like for you kind of when you come home from work personally, because I know my wife has been editing a lot of press releases and a lot of stuff at her job for like companies, you know, they're, they're putting out their coronavirus statements or they're, they're like, you know, kind of prepping for it and you've been writing about it. So what's that, what's that like for you kind of when you come home and you've been dealing with this stuff all day on a professional level? It's kind of, I mean, the work is fascinating because, Looking at it from a PR and communications aspect, it's really interesting to see what companies and organizations are doing to be proactive and how they're communicating that message to um, the people that mean most of them, to their, uh, you know, consumers or their audiences or their members. Um, You know, so we're kind of looking at different brands to see, you know, who's doing it right who's doing it wrong and just, well, I don't even know if you could say who's doing it wrong right now, because like I said, this is unprecedented, but you know, I mean, today we're looking at stories about programmatic advertising and, you know, someone uh, was, my boss was served an ad for, you know, a cruise company to take a cruise today on Facebook or whatever. And she's like, okay, that needs to stop right now uh, because it's, it's, you know, um, Princess Cruises just announced about half an hour ago that they're halting all cruises through uh, through May. Um, 
And they put out a great tweet where their president is actually in a video giving the statement, which is awesome. Uh, and that's a great way to deliver a message, um, especially digitally. Um, but yeah, there are some companies that haven't shut off their programmatic advertising or, you know, are just like, you know, we need your help, the economy, blah, blah, blah. You know, when really they should be looking at the well-being of um, you know, their their audience or their consumers or those sorts of things. So it's it's interesting to really look at it from that perspective. And also it's kind of cool because, you know, you have that journalist point in you that's like, oh, I'm the first on the lines to see this. Um, but coming home and after you've, you're just in this all day, all the weeds and all the news and this and that, it is, you know, I mean, and, and I, I do, I'll be honest, I suffer from anxiety and um, you know, it is stress inducing and, you know, you kind of get caught up in this, you start spiraling and you start thinking about, I used to be a big fan of like the walking dead and not saying that we're have a zombie pandemic, but you know, you, you just kind of get this wave comes over you of like, Oh my God, you feel trapped. Like, what are we going to do? Like what's going to happen to the world? And, you know, you kind of, you know, spiral outward and, and you start thinking about all these different things. So, what we talk about in the office is taking everything one day at a time. Um, you know, it, it you can't, and I mean, anybody should think about this in this way if they can also can't think too far in advance right now um, because we are learning new information every day. So like I said, you know, to try and, you know, calm your nerves, quell your nerves, those sorts of things, look at things one day at a time, say, okay, this is what's going on today. This is the messaging that we're seeing um, you know, let's, let's, you know, be proactive. And those are, that's really all you can do. Um, another thing like try to think about is, you know, like being proactive and those sorts of things, you can only control what you can control, you know? Um, and you can't worry about the things you can't control because there's nothing you can really do about them. Um, so, you know, just kind of, you know, trying to follow the rules and this and that. And, um, one of the things I might do this, you know, this weekend is just, you know, kind of get off text and get off Twitter and actually give people a call. Um, you know, some of my friends, like, you know, we haven't called each other in ages, you know, maybe have a conversation to see how they're doing, you know, talk to my parents. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard being away from family right now. Um, you know, and uh, if you have a pet, spend time with your pet. Pets are cool because they have like no idea what's going on <laughs> right now. And they just want all your love and all your attention and they're always happy. And, you know, all my cat really cares about is like his, where his next meal is coming from. So, um, you know, we're trying to just keep him happy and, and those sorts of things. But, uh, you know, I'm also, you know, I'm still going to the gym. Um, that's been a really important part of my routine. I swim and yesterday I probably just, swam the crap out of my <laughs> swim for like 20 minutes going as fast as I could because you have so much built pent up energy so much pent up tension um so you know and and some people you know some people do, you know don't go to the gym if it's you know not safe right now I'm not not saying that but you know whether you can go out and take a walk or you know do something on your you know uh, I don't know we bought an old Wii so we can do like Wii boxing or whatever um we're, we're a big video game family but you know just to make sure you, you know you kind of unplug for a little while and, and do something that takes your mind off things read a book you know kind of simple stuff like that it's 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 going to be hard but um 
you know, it's, it's also important to, you know, you, you've got to take a break so you can stay sane. Yeah. Um, so you've been working in, in media for a, for a long time. You've had a fan, I'm looking at your LinkedIn resume right now. It's just a fascinating career. So I usually have people, um, uh, trace their career path. Um, so kind of talk, you know, maybe big picture, like your career from when you left graduated Bonas, um, to where you are now and kind of, kind of the old, maybe looking more the overall arc of your career and, and, and your writing and, and the type of storytelling that you do. Oh man. So I remember just growing up and then going to Bonaventure, like my number one dream was always to write for the Buffalo Dews. And back in those days, <laughs> it's like the old days, they would never hire someone really right out of school. Um, so I actually decided I wanted to go to grad school right away. Um, I had always wanted a master's degree. My mom went to school, had a master's degree, and it was just you know, just something that I saw as the next step in the path of what I wanted to do. So um, looking back on it, it might have been worthwhile to take a little time off and, you know, work in the working world for a while. But um, I went right away. And that also had its benefits because you were used to the, you know, the pace of school and being in it and all of that. So um, I I had started at Syracuse uh, in their in their master's program for communication and I actually ended up having to take a leave of absence because uh, of of my anxiety issues. Um, and it was a hard thing for me. Um, you know, it it definitely was. You know, for someone who's Type A and always going, 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 it was it was hard to have to back off and say, "Hey, you know, I need a break. Something's not right." Um, so that was hard. But I ended up coming home to Buffalo, taking a couple of months off, and I ended up enrolling in. Uh, their master's program there and um, at University at Buffalo in the humanities. Um, I studied English and American studies. I wanted to be a culture writer. Uh, that would have been great being a music writer my whole life. But uh, <laughs> things are very different nowadays. But grad school was great because it did teach me how to think critically, um, you know, kind of opened up my mind. I learned how to do research quite a bit more and, uh, you know, really, really, interested and really liked the work I did in, in some of the classes I was in. So that was great. I did a lot of research and, um, you know, like the, the history of Rolling Stone and advertising and what caused its journalistic demise and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so it was, it was pretty interesting. I, I did a lot of research in that aspect. Um, but then I got out of school and, you know, being in Buffalo, I decided, you know, everyone was like, hey, you know, you should stay here and help, like, you know, rebuild the city on this, you know, on its upswing and blah, blah, blah. So I ended up staying in Buffalo for 10 years. Um, and unfortunately, I, I couldn't get a job in uh, media, per se. So I um, I ended up taking a job. My first job was in uh, PR and events uh, for a nonprofit. And um, so it, I, I always wanted to write. It was always in the back of my mind. Um you know, through these sort of, you know, communications jobs, I, I was able to learn about social media in about 2007, you know, ended up uh, really getting involved in social media and adding that to my resume. And um, all the while I was doing, you know, freelance writing kind of here and there, whether it was like concerts or, you know, I think I wrote about bikes. I don't know, like all, all different kinds of things along the way. Um, you know, I, I was always able to reach out and find a publication that was kind of interested locally in what I was doing. Um, so that was good. So I was able to keep my skills intact that way, um, but also while bringing on all these social media skills. So eventually um, 
my job turned mostly to uh, social media and digital communications. And um, I was offered a, a contract job in 2014 uh, to come work for AOL, which is now, God, I don't even know what they are now, Verizon Media, Oh, I don't know, one of those things. Things are always getting bought. Um, but I was offered a contract job to move to New York and work on this project. It was probably my favorite job of all time. Um, it was a year-long sponsored content project called This Built America, and it was sponsored by Ford. Um, and it was a huge project, a year-long project. And what we did was uh, I came on as their um, their full-time social media person um, to kind of promote and get the word out about uh, the story and, and about the different stories that we were doing. We went to each of the 50 states and we told a story about um, a, a company, an American-made company that was that was there. Some of them were newer, um, places like uh, Shinola Watches or um, Hayden Flour Mills out west. Uh, and, and they seem newer, actually, because some of the uh, stories that we told were companies that were much, much older. Um, I was able to go to Charleroi, Pennsylvania and write about Pyrex, which everyone has in their kitchen, um, and to write about, you know, factory labor and, and what these huge corporations meant to smaller towns and the changes that they've seen over time um, with a lot of manufacturing moving, you know, out to other countries and people losing their jobs. Um, you know, we wrote about Tabasco, we wrote about Airstream, all these amazing companies that really had interesting stories and um you know to be able to read all those stories and to be able to be a part of that was a huge thing even though it was a sponsored content project and some people you know are are kind of scared off by sponsored content when it comes to journalism um we had you know great leadership and you know made sure it wasn't just a giant advertisement um it was you know one of probably the most fulfilling projects i've ever worked on um to just be able to you talked with people that were involved and they cared so much about their businesses and about the people that were working for them, people that were affected by them. And uh, that's kind of, I ended up moving to New York and I've been here for the past six years. And, you know, from that social media project, I ended up uh, working for about.com, which is now dot dash. <laughs> uh, everything changes names all the time. Um, you know, from there, I, I worked brand side for a little bit at Kaplan Test Prep, um, working on education, uh, social media, community management type things. And um, now I, you know, I had the opportunity to, um, you know, work full time in journalism and, you know, write about communications. And as you see on my resume, I feel like I've worked in every aspect of communication. <laughs> so it's a good background for the position that I'm in now at PR News um, because I am able to look at these different ways that we're communicating messages and, um, you know, brands communicating audiences. And, you know, social media is a huge part of that right now. Um, and it's, it's not going away anytime soon. But things are always evolving and changing. And to be able to you know, write about that is, is really great. I, I love writing about media. I am obsessed with media. I, you know, like I said, I need to shut off the news now and then. Um, and this is something, you know, I, I think about David Carr, who, you know, the, the famous writer worked for, you know, the New York Times and the work that he did. And just how we really have to hold, you know, everybody accountable in messaging, you know, whether it's brands or, or whether it's the government or whether it's, you know, news organizations. And 
um, you know, to be able to do that and critique media and, and write about, you know, the different things that organizations are doing is, is just really fulfilling to me. And I'm hoping I can continue on with that for, for quite a few years to come. So that's kind of how it is. But in terms of storytelling, sorry, I tend to ramble, um, which is probably why I don't have a podcast. <laughs> Uh, in terms of storytelling, I mean, I think this comes just from growing up in Buffalo and growing up around a lot of, you know, blue collar and middle class people. Um, I think when you're telling a story, the heart of it is, is, is the people that are involved and how it affects them. You know, everything affects normal people, common people, you know, um, you know, whether you're talking about place going out of business or, you know, whether you're talking about the coronavirus or, you know, whether you're talking about the stock market or, you know, whether you're talking about toilet paper, I mean, everything is, you know, going to impact someone somehow. And I think looking at what impacts people is what makes a good story. So with storytelling, yes, overall, I think the main thing is to look at who it affects, look mm -hmm. at who your, your, your topic affects. I, I think that's always most important. And I think that will always make you a good, better journalist and a better writer. So how are some of the ways that you do that or have done that, especially when you're writing about topics that are maybe a little bit more, not esoteric, that's the wrong word, but like removed from your from day-to-day -day life uh, or like maybe don't have that obvious hook that of how this affects people or how this affects uh, somebody. How do you, as a, how do you do as a, as a writer in your current job and in all your jobs, how do you go about finding that, that kind of that hook to the story or that, that how it affects somebody that to kind of build, build on? I think a lot of it has to do with front loading your research. Um, I, I don't think you can really go into a story right away. You can go into a story with like how, um, okay. So looking at hooks, okay, uh, so like I was saying, like you can go in, but you can't force a story, right? So a lot of times you might have in mind like what you want to talk about, but then, you know, you talk to a bunch of people and then you, you know, it's kind of like dominoes. You're like, oh, well, here's another story from here and here's another story from here. So I, I always front load the way I do stuff. I always front load and talk to a bunch of people first from different aspects of, of a topic. And, you know, you know, a lot of times for my peer news stuff, I'll talk to, you know, I'll talk to a brand, but then I'll talk to somebody on the agency side, but then I'll, I'll talk to somebody, um, uh, you know, that, you know, might be a consumer, um, and, and then kind of the story will kind of take a life of its own from there. So, you know, they say things like follow the money, but it's also like, you know, I guess kind of follow the quotes, follow the story kind of as it goes and, you'll kind of find a path from there. So I ask everybody I have on my podcast this, and I'll ask you, what's the best thing that you've read lately? Ooh, best thing that I've read lately. Okay, so this is going to be kind of strange, not strange, but um, different, digital. Um, there is a woman who's very prominent in the communications committee called Amber Nashland, and she works right now for LinkedIn. Um, but she's done a bunch of, you know, communications consulting. I've been following her for years. She, she's done a lot of work in uh, the community management sector as well as social media. And she posted a great article. I guess you what you call an article, a post, something. I don't know. On LinkedIn, you can do that now. You can post, you know, you can create your own article. Sure. We'll oh, go, I see her. Okay. Article, we'll go with it. Sure. Yeah. So she um, 
is very honest and and you know has had a great career um but she wrote a piece yesterday called when uncertainty kicks anxiety and self-doubt into overdrive so everybody's kind of uncertain about things right now like you're saying everybody's kind of stressed out um so this article was you know came from a her own personal, you know, soul, her own personal space and give some really great guidelines and just like kind of how to get through all of this. Um, for example, number one, it's like the resist the urge to isolate yourself. I know we need to do some of that now, but you know, like I was saying, if, if, you know, you want to hop in a Slack group, group chat with someone, or you want to give someone a call, um, you know, just, just try and do those things. So you're not completely isolating yourself. Uh, ask yourself, what do I need right now? Um, you know, kind of look at your emotions and see how you're feeling, lead with empathy, remember, you know, just kind of give everyone a break. Um, so anyway, so, so instead of a book, I'm also reading a great book right now. It's, um, called real artists have day jobs and it's by this fabulous, fantastic, funny writer. Uh, and it's kind of a collection of, of, you know, short, uh, stories that she has in there. Um, but, uh, that's a great book as well that I'm reading, but really what, what, uh, has, you know, kind of made me stop in my tracks yesterday was was reading this post this article from amber uh nasland on on linkedin this is fantastic people if you're listening get nicole on your podcast that she should be she should not (laughs) she should have more than one she should be on more than one this was outstanding you should have your own by this point too so oh god you know my (laughs) first major at bonaventure was a broadcaster (laughs) so was mine so my, oh. my mine was too, and then I and then I spent a semester at WSBU, and I'm, I mean this, I'm old, I'm even older than you. So we were actually still using tape, and I'm like, no, I don't like doing this. No, this is this is not fun. <laughs> then I went down to the BV. I'm like, oh, this is the student newspaper. I'm like, yeah, this is more my my speed. But yeah, I went to be a broadcaster, and then realized no. Now I hear I am podcasting twenty third twenty five years later because I'm old. There you go. So full circle. <laughs> exactly. All right, Nicole. Thanks so much for joining us this week, and take care. Thank you. Take care as well. As always, thanks for listening to The Other 51. You can find show notes for this episode and all our episodes at sportsmediaguide.com on The Other 51 tab. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. I can highly recommend Overcast for this. Our theme music is by Ellie Moritz. 